0: Okay, how many of you here have ever been in a race? Any kind of race, just put your hand up. You know, yeah, a race, any kind of race, a running race, a car race, everybody here has been in some kind of race. And if you haven't been in a race, You understand the concept of being in a race. You understand the idea that there's a course that's been set and there's a finish line that we're working towards, right? Right. That's not new to any of us. And we know that if we want to cross that finish line and get the prize that's waiting for us, we have to stay on the course that's been designated, right? right? We can't cheat and just find a shortcut, an easy way to get to the finish line. We're not going to have the privilege and the honor, really, of finishing you know, saying that we belong to that group that finished if we don't run the race that's set before us, right? Right, every one of us knows that here. Thank you, glory to God. So if we wanna cross the line and win the prize, we have to run the course that's set before us, right? Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that I've noticed in ministry, though, and working with people and really even in my own life, to be true, is that there are lots of times where I don't fully and maybe you two don't fully grasp this idea that God has, in fact, set a course for each one of us. Right. This may be news to some of us here tonight. I know even as I was preparing this, I went to a whole nother level of understanding this. I think I understood it superficially. I think I hoped that it was true that God had a plan. I knew he had a plan, but this idea that he had set a course for me, I thought, wow, God, what is that all about? I want to know. I want to know more about that. And that's what the Lord has us looking at tonight. We're going to be looking at Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3, and you can go there because that's where we're going to camp out. So you might want to write notes in your margins there. The way has been prepared ahead of time for you by someone who loves you, who knows exactly what you like and what you need. He knows what pleases you, He knows you. The way has set, it's been set ahead of time for you by someone who loves you. And that someone we know is our father, right? It is his desire that we would finish. He desires that we would finish. Of course, he's launched us out and God always finishes what he begins. He never starts something that he doesn't know how to complete. So none of us are gonna find ourselves in a place where we can't get to our finish line if we stay connected to him, we will get there. And we want this tonight, this is what I feel the Lord has uh, been putting on my heart, is that we would have this as what Pastor Ian was referring to on Sunday. Remember when he talked about truth being incontestable? Right? It would be an incontestable truth for us. Not just um, for one or two of us, but that every one of us would grasp this idea as revelation, as revelation, incontestable. I know that I know that God has set a course for me. I know that he has set a course for me. And so we're going to look into this verse to try and understand it. I know when I considered it, it brought a lot of peace to my heart. You know, to think that this was attainable for me, this was accessible, I could, I could latch on to this truth and that I could bring it to manifestation and bear fruit in my life, this brought me a lot of joy and I believe that we are a lot alike. We're a lot alike, every one of us. And the thing that the Lord was showing me even in worship tonight, he was showing me that this isn't just for us as individuals where he would desire that each one of us would reach our finish line but he desires as a body, as a house, that we would hit the destiny that God has for us. He desires as a body, as a unit, moving in the spirit realm, in the kingdom of God, that we would hit the mark that God has designated for us. Yay, yay God. Thank you for that high honor and privilege, Lord God, that you would find us, Lord, ready, Lord, to be equipped to do that, we're excited. So let's just look at that verse. If the AV room could just pop that up there on the screen, maybe they already have and I missed it. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 3. Therefore, glory to God, where are we? Okay, we're looking right at the very end there. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That's our verse for tonight and there are a number of things in that verse that God has drawn my attention to. In fact, there are six things that I believe the Lord wants to draw our attention to tonight. And I have, don't worry, I have numbered those things for you folks who like to have things numbered. I've done that. Um, Before I go into that, I just want to go back to that question of who here has run a race before. I've had one formal race in my life, one little 5k race that I did a few years ago. And I can relate to the joy of crossing that finish line. I can also relate to the agony of running in that race, okay, completely. Although I did my best time for some strange reason. I must be very competitive. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. So it was awesome, it was really good to run, but it was definitely a wrestling as my mind is thinking all kinds of things while I'm racing. And of course I'm looking at the people that are running ahead of me and wondering how come I'm in the spot that I'm in and I'm not where they are, right? And then I have the woman behind me who's trying to pace herself by literally running a foot and a half behind me for the whole time, right? So there were lots of things on this race that God has been drawing my attention to as, we've, you know, as, we've been, as I've been preparing for this. And I guess the first thing is that, this isn't actually one of my six points, but the, first, the thing that he's drawing my attention to right now is that someone set that course for me, right? I mean, I was part of a group of people But someone set that course. Someone designed it, and they posted it as a certain level of challenge. They went to a lot of trouble to make sure that it was designated for all of the racers so we knew where we were going. We didn't have to worry about falling short. I didn't have to wonder when was 5K up. I didn't have to think that I'm going too far, I'm going to waste all kinds of energy when I've already completed 5K, so why am I still running? I didn't have to concern myself if I was running through a forest that I was going to get lost. I just followed the course that was set before me. And God is a good course setter or yes. director or yes. even court or course marshal, if you will, okay? He knows what he's doing and he has tailor-made a course for every single one of us. Every one of us has our own set course. It's not going to be the same as anybody else's. It's not going to look like anybody else's race. There's no point in looking at somebody else's race uniform. (laughs) Whatever clothes they have on while they're running the race. You know, there's no point in looking at how they're doing if it's going to cause us to get off course or off track in any way. God has our own race set for us. So let's just jump in. There's six things here that I want us to to notice. And I'm gonna just go through all six of them kind of quickly, just so that you have an overview of, of these various areas, because I'm not sure how we're gonna, far we're gonna get in terms of this. I, I tried to time it, but I have way too many pages of notes here, so I'm just trusting you know, that when my time is up, that it's gonna be exactly where the Holy Spirit wants us to land, so. um, Yeah, so. It's kinda like, you know when you buy your, when you do your Christmas shopping early, and you got all your shopping done a month before Christmas? I don't know about you, but I just keep buying at that point, (laughs) right? It's like I have a whole extra month before Christmas, and so I've got more money, and then of course more ideas start coming in, and so that list just keeps on growing. This message is a little bit like that, okay? (laughs) It's like God just kept adding to it, including even here at worship, so, so hallelujah. So the first thing that we're gonna just highlight here is that we are on a race. We're on a race. It doesn't say that we're racing. We're not in a rat race, right? We're not racing. We're not racing against each other. We are on a race, and the dictionary says that a race can be defined actually as a course or a path or a track or a passage or a channel. You get the picture, right? Yes. This is what God has set before us. It's not a physical track that we're running. We're talking about things in in the spirit, right, that we're, we're on. We are on a path that God has designated for us. Yay, God. And when we look at the Greek a little later, we're gonna see that this is something that has been arranged for us in advance. It's something that God has done himself for us. Yay, God. The second thing that we can notice in this is that we have a part to play. We are supposed to run, right? We're supposed to run. We're not supposed to be on the sideline, watching the race, you know, we're not supposed to be looking at somebody else's race. We're not supposed to be in a ditch somewhere, you know, waiting for someone to come and rescue us. If that does happen, that we end up in a ditch, I mean, that's okay. But God's saying, get up and get going, yes. right? Start running again it doesn't say slow walking, right? Okay, this is running, 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 running. So we're in this race, we're on this race, we're running in this race, and it says that we are to run with endurance. We're to run with endurance, which can also be translated as patience. Patience, but it, the proper English word for it is actually endurance. So God probably know something that we don't know, but I bet you most of us have already experienced it, that something in our race isn't gonna be so pleasant, (laughs) right? We're gonna experience some challenge, we're gonna have some parts of the race that we don't like so much, and so God knew that we were going to need endurance. So if this is you right now, and you feel like you're really enduring Hopefully you know that you are right where you're supposed to be. You are actually in good company. God is not surprised by you're not liking your course. If you stick with him, it's going to get better, I promise you. But you are going to probably be tempted to quit at some point. The best of the best racers can be tempted to quit. The best of the best. In fact, Pastor Ian has a saying When the symptom is universal, the problem is foundational. Meaning that we all experience that. We're all tempted to want to quit, to throw in the towel, to just say, you know, God, what the heck, God, like, sorry. (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) you know, what's taking so long? You know, this is just not turning out the way I wanted it to or thought that it would. Ah, right, I think, maybe I need to go to a different church, maybe at a different church they have what I'm looking for. No one ever said that here. Anyway, so, so when the symptom is universal, the problem is foundational, meaning that since we're all experiencing this temptation, that probably we are lacking something, or were lacking, let's say past tense, in our foundation, in, in what we believe, be, believe, because our belief system is the foundation. It's how we accepted Christ. If we didn't believe, then we wouldn't have accepted him as Lord. But because we believe, we're saved, right? So what we believe is critically important. And it would seem as though we may not believe that he actually has a course set for us. We may not fully grasp that, that from point A to B, from where you are to where you're going to end up, And really, if you think about it, every day is a point B. When you put your head down on your pillow at night, that is a point B in your day. You put your feet on the ground in the morning, you go to bed at night, and you ran a race that day. There was a course, there was a purpose for you that God had destined for you. Every day, God is calling us to fulfill the purpose that he has put within each one of us. And that is a finish line. Of course, when we come to the end of our days, we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, right? We want to know at the end of our days that we fulfilled the purpose for which God sent us here. I don't know if you know that, but each one of you was born with gifts and talents. This is not, you know, up for negotiation. Every single one of us comes into this world with unique, our own set of gifts and talents, every single one of us, and those gifts and talents are completely connected to the call on our life, to why we're here, to our purpose. It makes sense, right? God wouldn't say, hey, Jenny, I want you to be a shoemaker and then give me a passion for baking, right? That just just wouldn't make any sense, right? If all my talent was in the area of baking and yet my destiny is to make shoes, Kind of close, but not quite, right? I'm gonna be really frustrated, right? So our finish line is very much connected to this idea that God has a destiny, a calling, a purpose for every single one of us. And what we love to do is a clue to what that is. What we love to do is a clue to the calling, the purpose in our lives. And God wants to make sure that we understand that we don't have to be afraid we are not on our own trying to figure out how do I get from point A to B, right? Right. How do I get from here to there? Mm -hmm. um, Many, many people are coming to the business breakfast this Saturday because many, many people are excited about this idea that God has called them to business. And there's an excitement there, but a big question mark around how I get from here to there. So let's just start with this basic foundational idea is that that from here to there actually exists in the heart and mind of God. Right, We are not catching him by surprise when we say, hey, God, I think I want to do this. And he's going, really? Oh, okay, let me see. I'll talk to my friends, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and we'll see what we can do for you. I think I know somebody and we'll try and hook you up. That's not how God works, okay? He has pre-arranged from point A to point B for us. Hallelujah, thank you, God. So the fourth point, uh, and, and by the way, uh, you know, this other foundational idea is that we are not in this alone, right? We, we have the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. He is the paraclete that means the one that comes alongside. Literally, when you're running a race, think about it. Think about it. If you're running a race, you know, when, isn't it nice to think you've got someone that's literally keeping time with you? Or if you feel like you're tired, just gives you a little shot of adrenaline and you just get like, happy juice, (laughs) off you go, you got new strength to keep on going, right, I don't want to minimize the Holy (laughs) Spirit, because of course he's God, right, so I don't mean to make trivial of his role in our lives but the idea of him coming alongside just as God intended means that we can do anything all things are possible for him who believes right that's not just a nice poetic saying it's the truth the fourth thing is that the race has been set and I'm not going to really say too much here because that's where we're going to start and kind of camp out is that it's been set for us that's what the Greek word is set it's actually translated as set you know when you set jello What happens when you set Jello? You wake up in the morning, and it's set. It may wiggle and wobble, but it's not liquid anymore, is it? It's set, right? When you set cement, what happens? It hardens, right? It's set. It's not soft and pliable and flexible, and maybe we'll see what happens. It's set, set in stone, so to speak. So God has set a path, a course, a lane, a passage, a channel, a groove, whatever you want to call it, for us. Thanks be to God. Yay, God. So the fifth point is that if, the set, if it's been set, we can conclude it's been set by someone, right? right? Obviously, there has to be somebody that set that, and namely, that's, that's God, that's the Lord, right? Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship, hmm, implying that there's been some activity in our design, right? We're fearfully and wonderfully made, not randomly, not haphazardly. That's right. not a surprise to God. Who I am, he knows me better than I do, and I know I can't find myself until I find him. My true self is hidden in him. If I want to find my course, I have to first find me, okay? I have to first locate who is Jenny. Now, that sounds silly because you might all think, what is she talking about? Look at how old she is, and she doesn't know who she is. No, no, no. Like, it's very, very possible for us to be deceived. We may think we're one person because we've been wearing this false identity all of our lives, trying to prove to everyone that we're someone or something that we're not right? And finally, in the shedding of all of that, as we come to Jesus and we encounter his love and the truth, right, we're able to let go of that false identity and pick up the truth about who we are. So whatever stage of life we're in, and I believe this is a constantly evolving thing, even when we've been walking with the Lord for a long time, there are still layers and layers of just of, le- of releasing and letting go and trusting yeah. him, And as we just trust him more and more and more, what happens? Our faith actually, because what's your faith? It's basically what you believe, right? So our faith is growing, and so then we can actually, our finish line goes further and further and further out, right? Because we can only see so far, but God has a plan that is so far beyond what we can even imagine. I think it's one of the reasons why, I think it was Zachariah who lost his speech when, the angel told him that he was going to have a child he and Elizabeth at their old age and God pretty much shut him up so that he wouldn't say anything negative he wouldn't curse yes. the plan of God yes. on his life and so maybe that's why we don't know what our course is you know maybe that's why we don't know where the f- where the finish line is we know it's there it's kind of foggy we have a, a general sense you know based on who we are and what our gifts are but we don't exactly know because we might we might just speak against it. So God doesn't, doesn't wanna take that risk. Or the other possibility is we might say, you know what, this is gonna cost me way more than I'm willing to pay. Of course, as we grow and mature, we can handle more so we can pay more and we're good with that, right? But when we first started out, five bucks seems like a lot, you know? But that we're not, we don't obviously stay there, right? We're actually obviously growing, right? So this is really exciting. As you can see, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. If this is not exciting for you, maybe, maybe you're a little weary, which is totally legit, right? Having come through a season, you know, of just weariness. Huh. And, uh, you know, let us be, you know, in a race when there's people on the sideline and they've got the water cups ready, you're running by and all these people are standing there trying to get you to take their cup of water, right? Let let us be that way for you, okay? Let Jesus be that way for you tonight as he gives you this cup of fresh living water, right? Because he wants to encourage us and refresh us. And definitely come to the altar for prayer. There'll be prayer ministers here at the end that want to pray for you to just revive your heart, hallelujah. And the last thing in these six points is that It's a way that's been set before us. It is not behind us. It's not hidden from us. It's not hidden from us. It's before us. But it is available, but it's predicated on the fact that we must, number one, be a believer, right? This, God has a good plan, but in order for us to walk in this, we have to have chosen him. We have, to have, we have to have said, yes, Lord, I want you, and I want your plan, and I want everything that's about you, God. And it's not enough to have said that 15 years ago. We have to daily stay connected to the Lord. So I'm not gonna really camp out on this because we've heard so much about this. We know this, right? If, if we're not plugged in to the power source, what's gonna happen to our battery? It's, it's gonna just start to peter out. We're gonna feel weary. Discouraged, right? So that daily connection to the Lord is essential to being able to fulfill the purpose that God has for us to stay joyful in this journey. And we might not even need endurance. Glory to God. Okay. Is everybody good? Yes. Good, good, good. Yes. Yay, yay, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's so good. Okay. So, point number one. Now, these are not in the same order as the last six that I gave. I apologize for that. So, But there are six points, so. So, the first point is, who has set the race for us? Survey says, God, right? God has set the race for us. And what do we know about God? He's good. So what do we know about the race or the course? It's good, right? Settled, okay. Now why is God's course the best? Any ideas on that? Why is God's course the best course? You don't have to answer that, but think about it. We should think about these questions, right? Because otherwise we can just sort of sit passively listening and not really absorbing at a level where you have to actually process the information right now, right on the spot. So think about it. Why is God's course the best? Someone said it's true, right? And that's true, right? God is the absolute version of truth and perfection. So whatever he does is perfect. However he says so is the best way to do so. As soon as he says it, it's the best. If it wasn't before he said it, now it is. So God's way is the best way, but it also says in Proverbs 14, 12, this is a little sobering for us, but hey, we can take it. There is a way that seems right to a man, okay? There's a way that seems right to a man, but what do we know about the end of that way? Yeah, death and destruction, okay? death and destruction. There's a way that seems right to a man. Now, this is the man that is has separated himself from God, right? This is, this is the man that's living for himself. We'll say she too, because we don't make it just all about the guys yeah. making a bad choice, but women too, right? This is about the men and the women who have separated themselves from God and are choosing to do things their way, okay? This is not necessarily non-believers because believers are just as um, vulnerable to this right that if we don't stay connected to God we're going to do exactly what the Bible says you have to abide in the vine if you don't abide in the vine what happens you're going to wither up and you're going to just dry up you're not going to be on the right path (laughs) yay Pastor Ian you're not going to be on the right path You're not gonna be on the right path. You're gonna be on the path that seems right to you. Like it absolutely seems right. Why can't I do this? This is so good. Or I'm only gonna do it for a little while and then I'm gonna get back over here and it's gonna be fine. It's just a little while. Seems okay, that's okay, right? No. Well, I don't know actually. Is it contrary to the Bible? Because the Bible is God's will for us, right? If If it's not there, we can ask him in prayer it's not there, we can ask him in prayer. And he'll tell us if it's the right way or not. And if we still don't know, we can come to our leaders and they can help us process that, right? So that we can make sure that we don't fall into this, right? Now, is God saying that we're a bunch of dummies and that's why we should just forget about having a path and we should just follow him? Because we're just a bunch of dumb people that wouldn't know any better? No. Whose image are you made in? What does that say about you? You're smart, you're awesome. That's the truth, that's the truth, that's the truth. But you see, God's way that's better than our way is infinitely better than our way. We don't have the ability today to think about that. We can see, you know, based on our level of freedom. If we're living in deception, then that deception becomes a ceiling for us and we can't see beyond that. It doesn't mean that beyond that doesn't exist. God has a glorious destiny, Psalm 73, for every single one of us. Not just a destiny for us, but he says a glorious, a glorious destiny. You know he's particular about his word, right? He never says anything he doesn't mean. But we can only see based on how far we can see. And so that's why God's way is better than our way because it's so much better than what we can imagine. We want that, yay God. Thank you Lord, hallelujah, seriously. Okay, so point number two then. So that was point number one, that God is the one that's designing our course, okay? The second point is that it has been set for us, okay? This word set, S-E-T. Lots and lots and lots of opinion around how this is done. Okay, I am not a theologian, okay? I am going to share what I have uncovered in my research and reading and prayer and, you know, examples. I'm gonna set that before you. And I did consult with Pastor Ian (laughs) to make sure that I was on a good course because I don't want to be off and I definitely don't want to be superficial, right? We want meat, right? We don't just want to be placated with, you know, a feel-good kind of loosey-goosey message, right? Okay, so the word set is actually a compound Greek word. So it's two words together, and it means to set before like as in someone had a plan beforehand and they set it for us. It means to be appointed before, and that word appointed means to be decided beforehand. And it also means to be established before, which means having been in existence for a long time. Okay, so God thought about you a long time ago, okay? When you were born, you didn't catch him by surprise. He wasn't scrambling to try and figure out what are we gonna do with this one. He had a plan. You might feel like that. Some of you feel like you snuck in and God didn't know that you were there, you know? You think you were an accident. I know we're laughing and stuff, but you think that you were an accident. You, you think that you were unplanned just because your parents didn't plan you? That is so far from the truth because God is the only one that can bring life. Even to two people that are unmarried, if you have parents that are unmarried and they conceive you and you have some feeling that perhaps your parents didn't plan you. You know, parents that are married and have children didn't necessarily plan those kids, right? So we can't let the devil lie to us and, and say that stuff to us because it's not true. Because, you know, intercourse does not, is not what brings life. It's God who decides, right? He's the one that releases that spirit man right into that child yeah. right he is the one that decides he's the one just like paul said and i can't remember who he was speaking to but he said i planted the seed you watered mm-hmm. but it's god who gives the increase yeah. so even though the seed is planted and it's watered this thing still won't grow unless god says grow yes. right yes. and it grows yes. right hallelujah so so this wise god that we have our father He set this plan for us, or this, well, plan is not the word that's used in this verse. He set this course for us, okay? He set this course for us. Hallelujah. He set it before, before. Before what? Before you started, right? Before you were born, there was a plan for you. He prepared in advance. And that word describes, just like it sounds, someone that's determined something for you. Yay, God. Hallelujah. And we kind of alluded it a little bit to it before this idea that we're born with this set of gifts, you know, and this calling, this purpose that God has released for each one of us. You may think it's not very much because you may look at the fruit of your life and erroneously determine that your purpose is insignificant. That is not because God deemed it so. That's not. Your purpose is mighty, mighty. You are made in the image of God. It is a wonderful destiny and a wonderful purpose that God has for you. It is wonderful. You will be fully satisfied when you reach the end and you hit that finish line as Pastor Tina always says, we believe in God that when we get there or when we finish that event or whatever it is, that we're gonna have experienced every single thing that God had in store for us. Amen. And we can be this way concerning the calling in our lives. I heard someone say, she was giving her a list of affirmations and she said, uh, I am completing God's assignment right down to the very last detail. Amen. And I was a little bit taken aback when I heard that, right? The audacity of someone to think that they could complete God's assignment right down to the last detail. Why not? Does it take more faith to believe for that than to believe that I'm not gonna hit the mark? In fact, I think it takes a lot of faith to believe you're not gonna hit the mark because you're basically working against God. Where you're really having to dig in your heels. Imagine this, God is trying to drag you through life and you are digging your heels and saying no, no, no. There is a tug of war going on somebody's exerting faith. Now, obviously, God is greater than you. He's smarter than you. You know, he's more powerful than you, but he definitely allows us yes. to have a say in this yes. thing, yes. right? He allows us. He allows us to run. Mm-hmm. We, could to- we could totally choose to sit it out. Mm-hmm. We could, and some people sadly do, right? Sadly do, but then that's okay. God is, God is there to help us get going. So. So we have this, this race that's been set before us. And you might wonder, is there only one road? You know, is there only one course, right? Is there only one? And am I just like some robot that's on this road, like God set this ahead of time, so what difference does it make? You know, I don't even get to choose anything. I'm just stuck with this course that God's given to me. I, hopefully, we're, we're not gonna have that attitude. We already see that God's really good. So whatever he designs is really good and we're gonna be totally happy with that, right? But we might have this feeling of frustration, like I'm not gonna get to do what I wanna do. Like God's gonna make me go to Africa, you know? Or, you know but people don't say that around here, so that's not a good example. <laughs> but you know, he's gonna make me go to so, Timbuktu like and I don't wanna go there. It's freezing there, you know? That's, is that a loving father? Okay, no, that is not a loving father. So that's a whole nother argument. We need to resolve that and settle that, okay? That God is good and that he loves us. But I, I have a couple of different ways to answer this excellent question. Do I get to choose my finish line? Do I, is there only one way, okay? And the example that came to me is um, the GPS, okay? Such a great example. Again, it's really kind of minimizing the power and might of God through the GPS. It's not a perfect analogy, and Pastor Ian is concurring. Do I have your permission to go ahead? (laughs) Okay, so the thing about a GPS, which is so cool, is when you start out, you enter your trip, right? You enter your destination of where you're going. I don't know about your GPS, but mine shows a blue line for the, the course. That's the fastest course, right? But it also gives me, you know, two or three other options on how I can get there. Uh-huh. So I'm starting out at point A today, and I enter my destination of where I hope to be, and I and I have a, a, a fast route to get there. Mm-hmm. I I feel like that might be a good analogy for yes. for the plan A of God, you know, for God's perfect will, right? His plan A for our lives. Now. Is, is it all lost if we don't choose plan A? What do we know from our GPS? There's two other, there's, a, there's a, yeah, recalculating. There's a plan B, right? There's a secondary route that gets us there. And it might be a little bit longer, it might take us a little bit longer time, then there's oftentimes a plan C, a third route, to get us to the very same destination. And we, we actually get to choose, don't we? Yes. Right? We can say, you know what? I know this is the fastest route, but I don't care. I'm going to go this way, anyways. Yeah. There's no Star- There's no Starbucks on <laughs> right. You know, so we, we, think, we think that this other route is better. We, we joke about this, but this is exactly what we're talking about. We say to God, yeah, I, I see that, but like. <laughs> I know there's this shopping mall down over here. (laughs) So we think we're just gonna take a little, you know, and in life it's not really like that, you know. In life it might be, you know, that we just camp out and have a little pity party for a while, for example, right? We just kinda get off the main course, we pull the car over and we just camp out and we have a pity party. It's one example of what we might do, right? Or we get so locked down in fear you know, or disappointment or dis- discouragement that we literally pull ourselves off the course because it's hard to keep moving when you don't have faith, right? We, we have so much faith given to us that we don't realize we couldn't even get out of bed if it wasn't for faith, right? We couldn't do anything if it wasn't for faith. You're here tonight because you have so much faith. Even though many of you might be feeling like life doesn't, isn't so great but you're here because you have faith. And so God gives us these other destinations or these other routes. But did you know there's actually a multitude of ways to get there? There's only three lines that that the GPS is showing me because they're the fastest route. But if I want to take the back roads, I could totally do that. I could choose to opt out, right? And just take the, the back road where no one's gonna see me and I can just do whatever I feel like doing, kind of just hide out because nobody's around on the back roads of life. We can do that. We're still eventually gonna get there, but we're gonna waste a lot of time. We're gonna waste time on those back roads. Yeah. They're not the fastest route. They're not God's best for us. But that's okay because he's so, so good everybody with me okay awesome Um, a couple other ideas around this um, let me just see Lord (laughs) let that go okay okay so it's my baby (laughs) Um, so ah hallelujah thank you Father thank you Lord God Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes when we think about um, the course that's before us, or the road that's before us, we can, we can easily feel fearful because we think, oh, I wish life really had a GPS. Right? Like We, we might actually feel like, ugh, oh, easy for you to say, right? But I don't know from one day to the next what I'm supposed to be doing. And you know what one thing that the lord has showed me and i heard a really international renowned speaker share this and i was like that must be good to share because he said it so i'm going to say it too so i love this idea when you're on the road and you have your gps if you're have to make a turn what does she say if you have to make a turn and you're about to make a turn in 900 meters, right? Make a right-hand turn, right? She'll tell you when you're supposed to make a right-hand turn or when you're supposed to make a left-hand turn. But what happens when she doesn't say anything? You ever had that happen? You're driving along and she's not saying nothing and you're, you're looking at the GPS, it's still blue line. You're the little blue dot, I'm good, but like it's been 100 kilometers, and she hasn't said a word, right? If you go from Ohio down to Atlanta, it's 1,600 kilometers. And do you know 75 South is the same road all the way down. So for 1,600 kilometers, my GPS says nothing. <laughs> Not a thing. The first time I went down, this caused me a lot of anxiety because I thought, I don't know where the heck I am. If I don't have this GPS, what am I doing? And I'd keep looking and it was blue line. And so this is the thing that God wants us to understand. You know, he is a lot like that. If we're on the right road, he might not be saying very much. This one thing that he's shown me. If he's not saying anything, it's okay. If I'm doing the right thing, the thing that I know to do, right? And I'm not hearing anything from God, I don't need to worry about it because at a pivotal moment, when I have a right-hand turn in 900 meters, he's going to say, at the next available, (laughs) turn right, okay? Okay, and if Dodo says, you know, I got distracted by something. I just called myself that. I don't believe that for a second, actually. I was just being silly. Um, If I miss the right-hand turn because I get distracted, what happens? recalculating right at the next available intersection make a u-turn right so if you think about this gps analogy though it's really quite good because i don't know about you have you ever got angry at your gps (laughs) (laughs) like thank you for your honesty pastor Ann, because sometimes i say you know shut up I know I'm supposed to make a right hand turn but there's a ton of traffic here and I'm trying to find my way but life is a little bit like that right where we just feel like our flesh just wants to scream out right and say what's going on what is going on but God is so good we just need to pull over regroup and we're good. We can get back on track immediately and he will lead us. His Holy Spirit is so so good. So good. So good. Thank you, Lord. So so that is that's the big 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 thing about God setting, you know, a plan for us. He has a destination that's bigger than we can imagine. You know, another way of thinking about that is this idea of setting a table. God has set a course for us, okay? So if the GPS is challenging for you how about this have you ever set a dinner table some of the men might not have done that but maybe some of you men actually enjoy setting a good dinner table so (laughs) but that's something that my mom taught us to do when we were little this was uh, a big thing she set us she taught us how to set a table and so there was a right way there were a couple different ways we could fold our napkin but she taught us how to fold our napkin and the placement of all of the dishes and cutlery and, and things on the on the table and um, that was obviously an important job to do, because when it comes time to eat, what are you going to do, right? So, But this is something that I've carried into my adult life that I actually really love. I really enjoy setting a table for an event and mostly if it's one of my kids' birthdays or something for Dom or something. So I'll do like a theme table, you know, run around all over the place trying to find things that are related to that theme. Like one year, we had a Kate Spade theme table for Julia's birthday, and another year, we had a Parisian theme for Adriana, right? And I'm literally, in home sense, trying to find things that match that theme, right? Tablecloth and food that kind of is related to that. And, And the Lord kind of reminded me about that, as another example of how he has set a course for us, right? He knows what we love, he knows what we love, and he is literally setting a feast for us called life, right? And it's not just a natural life that God has for us, it's a supernatural life. One thing he said in 7 a.m. prayer is, why would you choose a paper airplane when I'm offering you a jet? Why, why, duh. None of us would choose that, Lord. You're setting this table before us that's full of bounty, and we are choosing that, Lord God. We see that you have gone to great care to fill our life from A to there with everything that we need in between to ensure that we are fully satisfied at the end and that we get to be the best version of ourselves ever improving every day, every year, constantly getting stronger and better and clearer, more intentional, right? More deliberate, more passionate for God. We just keep advancing all the time. Yay, God. So I'm looking at the clock and there's so many more things that uh, we could share, but but it's okay because the Lord knows, um, he knows, right? So we're just going to trust him and I am just going to close with these few little points, and then if it's okay, can I, can I pray for people and just say, say a prayer, and okay. Yay God, hallelujah, okay. Look at me just turning these pages over, and I'm totally fine. It's all good, it's okay. <laughs> Welcome to your world. Ah, okay, thank you Jesus. Okay, so we'll just trust this, right? So I just wanted to end with these six kind of summary points and some of this you've you've heard in different ways. Number one, okay, summary point is be encouraged, okay? I'm just releasing courage to you, okay? Be encouraged in the name of Jesus, okay? Hallelujah, that God has set a good plan for your life. God has set a good plan for your life, hallelujah. Every single one of us, every single one of us, be encouraged, the Lord has set a plan for us. There are details, 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 divine appointments, places you're gonna find yourself that you did not even imagine. God has got it ready and in store for us. We are not on our own. We might feel like we don't know where our next habitation is, but God knows. He knows. The second point is he's urging us to run with all our might. We didn't get there, but God is saying, go for it, girl. Go for it, son. Go for it. It's well worth it. It's well worth it. It's worth pouring everything you have into his kingdom because everything that you give to God is seed right? Every single thing you cannot give to God and not receive a return. Everything, all your thoughts, your words, your actions, your passion, your energy, it's all seed. Your money, give it to God and allow Him to bless you. The other thing, the third thing is that it's possible that weariness has set in for some of us, right? And weariness, we didn't get to go there, but basically God is talking about this battle that happens in our mind because endurance actually translated is related to this idea of agony, right? Where God knew that we would have agony on this course, right? But the agony that he's referring to is the wrestling that happens in our mind and our emotions. It's real, but it's not. Okay. It's real. You feel it. You feel it but it is not greater than whatever the truth is in your situation. And I would say, if you don't know what the truth is, then that's maybe why you're wrestling in your mind and emotions. There's the foundational problem that needs to be fixed. Uh, Fifth, fourthly, quitting is not the answer. Quitting is not the answer. We do not have a finish line that we cannot reach. Our finish line is 100% attainable for every single one of us. Every single one of us can hit that mark, every one. And we have to make a decision, though, that we're going to stay the course. We're going to finish. We have to dig in our heels in a good way and say, I am going to finish. I am going to believe right down to the last detail, whatever God said about me, whatever he prophesied over you, you are determined that you are going to see that come through. Hallelujah. Because you know what God says about prophecy? He loves the prophet so much that he will honor what the prophet said, okay? He's so good. So if you've received the word, you take it as your own and believe for that to come to pass. And then the last thing is, we have to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? Otherwise, we're choosing to board a paper airplane and we are going nowhere fast. Right? We have to allow the Holy Spirit to come alongside. He already is, you know, desiring to do that. But he is, it says he appeared like a dove, giving the impression that he is not going to force his will right we have to choose him hallelujah and by choosing him we're choosing the supernatural life okay we would never choose a rotten apple if someone handed us a healthy looking one we would never make that choice so let's choose not to fight in our own strength to endure just by sucking it up and being strong you know come on man let's just dig in and do it no no God's saying it's it's called the armor of God it's God's armor right it's not our armor he's not asking us to find it he's asking us just to put it on just put it on so i just want to pray so if we just close your eyes hallelujah receive this glory to god thank you father hallelujah father i thank you lord god for the person of the holy spirit lord hallelujah who positioned us lord god in this race and who now empowers each one of us lord to stay in this race until we reach completion glory to god You are fair, Father, and you wouldn't give us a goal that we couldn't reach. So when our mind and our emotions argue, Lord God, telling us that the finish line is too difficult, Lord, I thank you that you have given us the mind of Christ, hallelujah, that enables us to rule over our thoughts and our emotions, Lord God. For the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured, Lord, in his race. And I thank you that we can do the same, hallelujah. We receive your precious gift of divine strength that empowers us, so that nothing moves us, Lord God, except you. We set our focus on you, Jesus, and we strive for mastery, glory to God, running according to your ways so that we can reach our goal. Hallelujah. We can achieve whatever you told us to do, Father, because Jesus has gone before us and prepared a way. And we pray this, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Lord God. We trust you with it, Lord. Amen and amen. Glory to God.